0: Read Junk. Read Junk. Read Junk Podcast. Read Junk Podcast. With your host, my guy. Hey, it's another episode of the Read Junk Podcast. Remember me? It's been about a month and a half uh, since the last episode. Sorry about that. Life got in the way, went on vacation. Been planning the next one in the fall, going to Disney World. Uh, so, can't wait for that one. Haven't been there in about 15 years. It's going to be the first time I'm going with my son, so that should be quite interesting and fun. Uh, what else is going on? Uh, I got two of my photos hanging up in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for the 25th anniversary of the Warp Tour exhibit that they're doing. Um, the first photo is a picture of Jay from Bad Religion wearing his pajamas and he's got his pajamas next to my photo. So that's kind of cool. And then another one is of Aaron of Big really Fish with his blue guitar and his blue guitars hanging up and then got my photo, not from the Warp Tour, War, but from like 2012. But I guess they needed another photo for that. So, uh, so I got two photos hanging up. So it's pretty cool. But I don't think I'm going to be able to get there because it kind of ends in November. So I just I don't know if there could be a way to get over there to Cleveland to see it. Um, But I saw some of the photos of it. It looks really excellent. So if you're in the Cleveland area, uh, check out the Wharf Tour exhibit at Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And if you do happen to go see it, let me know how it was. And then on July 19th, Radix Fest is happening at Gramercy Theater. And it's going to be such an awesome time. Uh, You got Pilfers, Mephiscopheles, Spring Hill Jack, Hub City Stompers, Root Boy George, Sergeant Skag. Plus, there'll be some special guests as well. Uh, The guy from Sunseed, you know that song, Jesus is a friend of mine. That guy, he's going to be there. He's going to be playing with Root Boy George for a song. Obviously, that song. And then Robert from New York Citizens will be popping in with uh, Hub City Stompers to play a song as well. So I'm sure there'll be some other... You know, special guests popping in and out of each band. Plus, there's going to be most of the original pilfers will be playing, which is pretty rare these days. I think the last time they were all together was in 2017. And uh, But unfortunately, James, the drummer, won't be able to play with the band because I think he lives on the West Coast. So get your tickets in advance now or you can get them at the door. But I wouldn't risk getting them at the door if I were you. So come celebrate my 41st birthday uh, at Gramercy Theater. Should be fun. Now, for this episode, I wanted to get back into things since I've been a little bit, I haven't been doing anything lately. So I asked my friend Joe, who uh, writes for the site. You might know him as Creature of War. And then we just kind of wanted to do a War Tour episode. I did one last year. So I kind of stumbled on some things that I talked about last year when I did that one episode, but I removed the episode since I had music on it. So we talked about the good, the bad, you know, the long running tour that ended last year. And now they've got some special events happening. In New Jersey and California coming up, Um, I'm I might be going to. I'm probably going to go to at least one day. I don't think I'm going to go both days just because the hotels are so expensive. So in this episode, we talk about War Tour, obviously, things that we'll miss, things we won't miss, which will probably be a lot of things in that uh, that we don't miss. Band performances that stood out to us and just like lots of other things that just are related to War Tour. And then towards the end, we get a little just talk about random things and New York Comic Con and things like that, because uh, Joe and I always go to New York Comic Con, but I don't think I'm going this year, which is sucks because that's where I'm going to Disney. So be sure to follow ReJunk on social media and subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts. I think it's called Apple Podcasts now. It used to be iTunes, but they're getting rid of that. Spotify um, and wherever else you can get podcasts. I'll be back very soon with another episode. So stay tuned for that. And in the meantime, here's Joe and I talking about the War Tour. All right. So I'm with a fellow ReJunk junkie, junker. I don't know. You're my colleague, buddy. Joe, Junkie Joe from Rejunk and you know him as Creature of War on uh the site and you uh so we're today we're gonna be kinda just reminiscing about Warp Tour. Um I did it last year when it was kind of ending, but then I removed the episode uh because I had music in it and stuff. So um I'll probably rehash rehash some of the things that I talk about, but uh but it's it's better to like talk with someone about it instead of just me talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, they're celebrating the 25 years, um, of the warp Tour and, uh, I guess they finished it last year and now they're brought it back and doing some like big events, two day events. They did, they already did one in Cleveland at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which I actually had two of my photos hanging up there, which is kind of cool. Uh sadly, I don't think I'll be able to get there to go see it, which sucks, but, was either Disney or go to Cleveland. I'm like, eh, hey, I think I'd rather go to Disney.
1: <laughs> Avoid Cleveland. I know from experience.
0: <laughs> well, I just want to went there for the day just to go see, see the, the exhibit and stuff. Cause it's only there until I think like November. Um, but I, what I wanted to do, I was, well, I wanted to fly into Chicago and then go there, do that for a couple of days with my family and then drive the five hours or whatever it is from Chicago to Cleveland. But I'm like, yeah, the 5 hours would probably be brutal with like in a rental car to go to Cleveland. So I was like, yeah, we'll just do Disney instead. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't go by myself. I'm not allowed. So, well,
1: if you make it down to Pittsburgh, it's only about 3 hour drive. We could drive there.
0: And how far away is it from from me to was like 5 hours or something?
1: Yeah, I think so. So you get a train or something.
0: Yeah, I mean I could I drive, would.
1: but yeah. Fly know. into Pittsburgh and we'll go from
0: there. See that, yeah. I actually probably wouldn't mind. I mean, Pennsylvania is such a boring ass drive, but
1: <laughs> yeah, a lot of up and down mountains and hills. So
0: yeah, it's bo- it's boring enough just when I had to go to Scranton outside of you know Northeast PA. But um, so let's so let's talk about Wharf Tour. I mean, we can talk about the the, uh, the Wharf Tour twenty fifth anniversary stuff later, I guess. But um, so I mean, what was your first Wharf Tour? Was it Was it in like 96, 97 time or?
1: No, I I didn't end up going until 2000. Oh, okay. That was my first year because I was moving out to Pittsburgh to go to college. And it was probably within the same week that we just moved out there. I had maybe two weeks before I was starting college. And I moved in with a good friend that I grew up with. And that was one of the things It was, all right, now we can finally get a chance to go to a big concert together. So we got tickets early. And went to that one, like I think two days later, went to Ozfest, <laughs> they got in Pittsburgh. So we were enjoying the close vicinity to the shows. But
0: yeah, yeah well, they had Lollapalooza back then too. So it was kind of like they or in, before Warp Tour War started, it was that was like the main one, and then Warp Tour. War yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Lollapalooza became more like alternative radio rock stuff. Yeah. So Warp Tour War had a lot of the underground, the punk in the sky was what it started off with
0: cuz i think then at plus they had like boss tones and like fishbone i think but
1: yeah a couple of the random shows mm-hmm. i can't think of who else i think um i'd want to say that there was maybe bad religion or pennywise or one of the, at least one punk band on it too that was getting big, maybe the offspring back Probably then offspring yeah but uh if i recall and for me it's hard to remember without looking at who actually played, but I know that in 2000, I'm pretty sure that was the one that anti-flag headlined and save Ferris was there. Well, headline Boston's <laughs> the Boston's were there.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I think long beach dub all stars were there. And then, and then just, you get on the list of like, who's who of that era of punk and Scott, like suicide machines, dropkick yeah. Murphys, MXPX, no effects less than Jake. Like it was just, M X P X was that was the only time I ever got to see them. They never came to Pittsburgh that I could find them, so they were pretty enjoyable.
0: Yeah, that was the only time I would go see them too, is go seeing them uh, when they're on warp Tour. So it's like there was actually a lot of bands that I, like I only saw saw on warp Tour, which was one of the reasons why I went. But then it just yeah. as the years went, it just kind of went like the music. The it was like very far in between of the bands being good that well, I we kind them, of right? Yeah,
1: me, we kind of outgrew that type of, you know, what it became because it was now a younger generation. It was a lot of like when emo started taking over and oh. a little bit of like the, I don't know the the indie rock was picking up too. And that's what it's been for a while. And that's kind of how it's, I guess, changed over the years. Yeah. But you know, two like years the, ago,
0: the last decade, I went, or more.
1: I went to the one last year as well, which definitely was not as interesting, but two years ago, it felt like going to one of those, you know, early 2000 shows with all the bands that were there.
0: Oh, was it? Oh, I mean, yeah, it's like, I, I, I think it was like the last one I went to was the one in 2009. That was the 15th anniversary. And then I just kind of, I just kind of like, I was like, oh, uh, I just, it was just too many like complaints about it from, from me. And I'm like, it just didn't justify me going anymore. And I kind of, in a way, I kind of grew out of it out of a way. I was like, I was just kind of sick with dealing with a lot of just the old day thing of like going to see maybe three bands that i liked and it didn't justify going um so so it was 2000 and where was it in pittsburgh yeah it
1: was pittsburgh it was called the icy light amphitheater and it was just kind of a small i don't know it's one of those things that it wasn't quite like arena size it was just like parking lot size and within two years it out the work tours outgrew that area so it moved out to a place at the time it was called the pittsburgh post gazette pavilion
0: okay
1: and it's it was out in a place called burgettstown which was actually about 25 minutes from downtown pittsburgh but i lived closer to the airport which was only like a 10 minute drive to that venue which was a lot nicer than driving and dealing Uh, with downtown. okay and you know that i was living out there i started to find all the back roads to get there so I wouldn't even have to deal with traffic it was great I could get out and be home in 10 minutes
0: (laughs) yeah that wasn't that wasn't the case for us because like I think towards I would say probably around 2006 2007 they changed it from going from Randall's Island in New York City area to Long Island I'm like I don't go to Long Island I'm like it's that's just too much of a fucking headache so I think I ended up starting just going to uh, out, uh, Montage Mountain in Scranton, Pennsylvania. I used to go out there because it was only like an hour or so where I lived. So I would go to that for the last. So that was the last time I went to the Warped Tour was going to the ones in Scranton. I mean, I think there was, one, there was ones in New Jersey as well, but I think I just stuck with that one. I'm like, eh, I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, for me, one of the reasons I stopped going, other than that, you know, the lineup didn't interest me, is that those first few years, I had a lot of friends from school that I would go to yeah. out there. Obviously, my best friend that I lived with, we would go all the time, but then he graduated and moved away. And then my other friends, when we graduated, moved away. So it's a totally different thing when you're going and spending 12 hours by yourself at one of these shows. Yep. And you're waiting two hours between bands you want to see. So you're just kind of like, all right, this is really not very fun yeah just that was kind
0: of, that was part of the thing that that's one of the things i'll miss but it's like one of those things where it was like it was a punk rock summer camp where you go with your friends and warp tour we gotta go and and then yeah so you would just go with your friends and then towards the end i would just go by myself what's that noise
1: well it, Truck? It a wonderful biker parade going down <laughs> my window
0: and um yeah so it was like you would go with your friends, hang out and go all day and then bitch about it and how Oh, the sun. Oh, I'm so tired. and all that, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was fun go hanging out with friends and then it kind of stopped for me. And then I just would go hang out in the photo pit the entire time.
1: Yeah. Well, I was never covering it for read back then. So I was um. just kind of going and hanging out and trying to catch at least a couple of bands that most of the time I'd get like a half dozen bands that I really wanted to see, but different from the old days when there was 30, 40 bands to see throughout the day. And it was just nonstop music.
0: My first, my first Warped Tour was actually, uh, in 1996. So I was like, I think it was, they had it one year before that 1995. And then, and then in 1996 happened, that's when I started going to shows. My friend Robert, he's like, Oh, I got tickets to Warped Tour. Ballstones are playing. We're like, Oh, great. This was in, it was in Vernon, New Jersey at Action Park. Um, and then if, if you've ever seen the Johnny Knoxville movie Action Point, it was based on that action. It was an action park. Okay. Um, so it was like at a water amusement park kind of thing. So it was kind of interesting. And it was like a weird, it was just weird for me because I'd never been to anything like that before. It was just, I used, I went to a few shows by then, but I didn't go to like this all day fest before. And, and then I just had my wisdom teeth taken out. So we had my, my, my bolt. Both my brother and I had double sets, so we had six teeth, and we were like in the house for like a week, and like chin cheeks were blowing up. We had bruises, and then my mom didn't want us to go. (laughs) And and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, we'll be fine. And then, and then we were we we, they have like action park. They have like uh, those like cliffs that you jump into the water and things like that. So Uh I was about to do that, and my mom's like voice in my head: "Don't you do it? Don't jump." But uh, there was it was fun. It was like really cool to see like the bands and stuff going on these rides as you're waiting online. Like I never experienced that. Like all of a sudden, I turn around and see Fat Mike and No Effects and Angelo from Fishbone all like going on the water slides with me too. It was just like a yeah. surreal scene. Um, I really don't even know what the hell I. I think we walked around Action Park more than we actually saw bands. I know blink One Eighty Two played, and it would play it on this little tiny like. Uh, like stage um, that was like a like a flatbed like a flatbed stage I saw Dancehall Crashers but the funny thing is we went to go see Ballstones and they weren't on that date we're like oh fuck <laughs> it's like one of those things where it's like oh there was a close they, they were playing too close to New York City so they weren't allowed I think to play that date yeah. something so it was like one of those rules of so like oh man that's that was sucks but we still got like and then we got like a cassette tape that was a sampler and a real big fish so that's when the first time I figured like learned about real big fish because I don't know if they played or not because I don't remember seeing them but I think we saw like down by law and dance crashers blink rocket from the crypt um I wanted to see fishbone but we didn't end up staying because I think they were playing last so I didn't see like I didn't see Fishbone until like a couple of years ago, and that was like, the first time I ever saw them because I, that was at one time I could have saw them back in 1996 and never did. But I don't well, know, why, yeah, I don't know why I never did. I, Fishbone,
1: it didn't. Me, Fishbone, they eluded me for so long. Yeah. Because they played Pittsburgh, and I didn't know about it because I was getting married. They were playing Pittsburgh when we were going on our honeymoon. Oh. So I couldn't see them then, and then I had a ticket for them to play with slightly stupid. And they dropped off of that show, so they didn't play that show. Then they were playing Pittsburgh when I lived back where I am now. So I'm about you an know, hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes away from Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. In, in a snowstorm in February, I drove about 20 minutes. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm not driving to Pittsburgh to see them. Oh, well. <laughs> I finally got to see them about five years ago.
0: It was an insane show when I saw them too, because I was right up front and I wasn't expecting it. It was like I got and like annihilated. I was like I took my pictures and got the fuck out. I'm like it was it was hectic. I was wasn't expecting that.
1: Well, when I finally seen them, they played at a place called I think it was the Thunderbird Cafe outside of Pittsburgh. Okay. And the place was seriously about as big as your living room, and there it was packed, and it was September. And it was the hottest day of September that I can ever remember. It was literally like 85 degrees outside and about 120 inside. They never finished their, like, they finished their encore with Party at Ground Zero. Yeah. But the guitarist did not even come out to play on it because he was suffering heat exhaustion. He's like, (laughs) I am not going out there. So they played a guitarless encore of Party at Ground Zero.
0: I have been to plenty of shows like that. We went to... um... I think it was like my dad, my brother, and I, we went to go see Mephiscopheles in, like in February at, in, down in New York City at Wetlands. And it was like one of those rare days where it was like really, really hot. So it was like 90-something degrees in the club, and it was we, they called it the sweat glands for a reason, the club. Uh, Cause they didn't like have fans or AC, but I was, yeah, that's like one of those, it's like those shows you do remember because they're so fucking hot.
1: I know. It was like a, <laughs> it was like a beach party because everyone was topless. Like there were girls that were just in their bra and they were soaked and guys were just like sweaty guys in front of you standing around. And it's just like, you cannot move because you are packed in shoulder to shoulder oh. until it was over.
0: I remember that. I remember uh, that brings up another thing of another show of going to see Lesson Jake in Asbury park at the stone pony and they had like these, like it was like almost like a pyramid riser, I think at towards the back. So it was really hot. And then I was wearing jeans and by the end of the night, it was the, all the heat was rising that I ended up like just cuffing my pants and making them into like jorts kind of thing. Cause it was <laughs> like so hot. I'm like, Oh, I hate that when it's like, it's that time where you don't know whether or not to wear yeah, jeans like or shorts.
1: Yeah. You wear a hoodie, and then it's ninety in the club. If you don't wear a hoodie, there's AC blowing on you all night. <laughs>
0: um, so I was look—I was actually looking today of all the Warped Tour reviews that I have on the site. I think it started from 1997 or 1998 that we started writing reviews for it. And man, I was like, it's just so—we were so like angry in every like all of them it seemed it just seemed like <laughs> especially like from 2000 to 2003 i think my brother my brother wrote two of them because he would my brother would go he went to like two of them and then one year i just like said no i'm not going because it was just like either i didn't was so sick of waiting in traffic and yeah and all this kind of stuff but i think it was either like the 2000 or 2001 where the sh- i think the warp tour got postponed because it was like complete rain so they like did the rare thing of just moving it to another day so we so we're like oh well you know I, I think we were on vacation so we're like oh we'll go call call and do a photo pass because back then it was not email really yeah. you had to go call the publicist uh, and and those guys i don't I, I don't know who it i don't know who it was i know they're still working this this day as a as a pr company but they were terrible at, for handling warp tour and uh and they they left us. They said, "Oh, we were good to go. We get all the way down to New York City and Randall's Island, and we weren't on the list at all. There was no photo pass, no ticket. So we had to go buy the tickets because there were still tickets available. And we were just and then, so the review it was just like these fucking assholes and <laughs> <laughs> nothing about the the show. It
1: was all about the publicist. And then,
0: well yeah, and then and just and then and then it was just like all the reviews were just making fun of the bands I mean granted like a lot of them were, were starting to get shitty by then with the, what you were talking about with the screamo and the emo kind of phasing into that and then there was like they, they had so much opportunity to just keep putting some ska bands on I mean besides Ruby Fish and Lesson and Jake were the, the two yeah. the two bands that were always on it but it was like they could have done so many other types of bands maybe the bands didn't want to be on it
1: but yeah I mean you'd figure that I don't know what would have been involved with it, but you're mostly traveling. Well, I guess you would only travel like you could choose, I guess when you would play, a lot of bands would only play like here, I'm playing a week of the work tour and then they'd be off of it. And then yeah. another band would be playing like a month and then they're off of it. And But I don't know what was involved with them actually. You know, if, if you had to sign up and register at a certain time or what, but yeah, like you said, they could just, I mean, I'm sure there they had local band stages too. But yep. I know from friends that were actually trying to get on the local bill because they would have the multiple other stages. It was a nightmare to try and get through to get onto the local stage.
0: Yeah, kids had to like either sneak on sneak on a stage or or do something like crazy to get Kevin Lyman's attention. You yeah, know, like or trying to like sell their demo tapes in the parking lot, and then they kind of got noticed that way, which sometimes worked, but I think by the end, people were just like, it was frowned upon of trying to get noticed. I don't know. And then they used to do like the Battle of the Bands kind of thing. So the battle, the person that won a battle yeah. would go do like some local club would go play on one of the tiny stages of, like right at like 11 o'clock when it opened the doors.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hey, you played Warp Tour and five people were there.
0: But what I love, but what I loved about the early on of the Warp Tour was it was it was cheap it was to see all these bands at on the same day granted it was only a half hour but then i just loved all the free stuff that you would get like just going from each merch table you get free pins or stickers or sometimes people give you t-shirts so that's like for the first few years of that that's what it was and then it kind of quickly turned into this more corporate thing yeah it's, that was i was like bitching about that in my reviews too it was like it's corporate and all these shitty Donald, bands wearing Donald girl Donald jeans. Government.
1: <laughs> well, did you had. Did you ever have uh, like the YooHoo booth and the the like? Oh, there yeah. was odd stuff that they would have, like free YooHoo. They would do. I remember Kraft had a table the one time, so you could go into a tent and get free Kraft macaroni and cheese. No, I which don't. is really great in a summer day when you're you're eating mac and cheese and it's 120 out, and then you're drinking YooHoo to wash it down. Oh, like. God. <laughs> But that's all you had because water was twelve dollars a bottle, and
0: yeah, it was either that or Gatorade. It was like it was either that or Sna- Snapple because I was going to bring that up. I was going to bring that up later of all the photography s- stories that I've had. Like I would every year, I would get either a Snapple bottle that was full or half full, hit my camera or hit me, and when I was in the photo pit, like every year. Like <laughs> luckily, my camera didn't break. It, the mirror of one of my, I think, my film camera, like came off and i put it back thankfully it worked but it was like it was i just i didn't ever i never got that that was always the thing at Warped tour people the throwing fucking water bottles and gatorade bottles and hitting at the bands and it was oh.
1: <laughs> people being assholes it's yep. a punk rock show for the most part what do you expect
0: yeah and there's a few times where i was like bitching about the security like because sometimes like towards towards the end it would start getting to be so many they would just allow anybody with a camera into Warped Tour. So the pits would get so crowded that I was starting to get yelled at. I'm like, you have to go f- number four. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I guess we had to go through, instead of the first three songs, we had to go four through six. So I guess oh, on yeah. my bracelet, I had four through six, but I didn't know that. So a guy was like yelling at me. So there was lots of like security just being... And, it was, and I, the one thing I always, always hated was... That there wasn't a separate line for the press. Like we always had to wait in that mile-ass-long line of people getting in, and we like we, then you miss out on some of the first couple bands because you had to go yeah. wait in this long line. I don't know, and then I I actually looked up uh, today. I think you your first review for the Warped Tour for Rejunk. I think it was two thousand seven. So I think that's probably. when I—that's probably when I gave you started like, yeah, you, you go ahead and take this one. <laughs> I don't one. even done. think so.
1: I think it was just me, like, ah, you are not going to warp tour, so I'll just write up a review. Oh, okay. I think that's what it was. Oh, was it? Because okay. I don't think that I'd gone on until like the last three or four years ago, so I, I wasn't—I didn't have enough clout yet. Well, <laughs> it wasn't
0: like Comic Con where we can both—we can both submit something. It's like kind of like, all right, just one of us has to recover one of the dates because I don't know if we would be able to get it, you know?
1: Yeah. And it, I don't know because it'd be two different shows. For the most part, the lineups were mostly different, so they would want more coverage. Why yeah, wouldn't you sometimes. want more coverage? Both? But
0: yeah, yeah, you never know with these with these press with the the publicity companies that were handling Warped Tour every year. I think it was like MSO. I think was MSO was better than the other one that I will not name because they're still functioning. I don't know why, but. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I never had any I never had any of the like issues with you. Obviously with press and stuff. I didn't have the press, but
0: a few times like, like that, lines
1: yeah. and stuff. I would always have lines to just get into the parking lot. And then once I got into the parking lot, the the Post Gazette Pavilion had like seventy two different entrances that you could oh. get into. So it was like you could go into the backstage and it was kind of how the, the venue set up is that the main stages are down over the one side of the hill, and then there's like a little bit of a walk around, and they would have other stages and random stuff on the outer rim, and then on the back side, which was more like a, it wasn't kind of flat. It was a little bit of a grade to it, but then they would have maybe like six or seven different stages there. So you just kind of like walk the loop, but then you could go to the the main stage because it was all access. So you could go to the main stage and have have a seat under the shade because it was a shaded big pavilion. And then that was always nice. But I do remember the one year that it must have rained like earlier that like overnight and it was a mud pit. Oh, And you if you would walk between the the one hill and the main stage, you would just be bombarded with mud because people were just throwing mud at each other between the like between the sidewalks. I'm it was, surprisingly, like i never had
0: that happen. I never I never went to a, like a mud like Woodstock kind of warp tour. Yeah, that,
1: that was the most chaotic and. The security guys were just standing there watching people throw mud at each other just go around.
0: Yeah, like what are you gonna do? Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there's fifty people throwing it at each other, I don't know. But, um,
0: but But yeah, like the like as far as getting in, there was always there was only just like one line for Randall's Island and for Montage Mountain and Scranton. I don't know why. It was just like and sometimes I would I would sometimes be able to sneak and get past some people and then, and then you were able to like get backstage to go to the stages, which they did away with that at some point, I think around 2007, 2008, probably because they didn't want kids just roaming around backstage, which yeah. I, I can understand. But it's like it, it helped, out, help, helped me out a lot getting back from stage to stage, because if you go through just walking it from stage to stage in the crowd, it takes you like 15 minutes just to get to the stage.
1: Yeah, and you're going to miss the band. Yeah.
0: Especially in certain, the way that certain um, cities um, line up the stages, like and, and Randall's Island, they had like two stages next to each other, the two main stages. But then it was, it wasn't too far away for the other stages, but far farther enough that you could not hear the other stages when they were both playing at the same time. But then there was Scranton. One it was like it felt like a mile away because they they had the amphitheater, amphitheater there, so they would have. Two like the stages split for that and then you had to go walk like a mile down the road to the other main stage it was so just stupid the way they had st- some of the stuff s- set up what now was your Pittsburgh venue was that like a parking lot or was it like dirt or was it like
1: well, the one that was downtown was pretty much just a parking lot it was gravel and concrete and oh. it was kind of in it, it was fenced off so once you got in it was like just this long rectangular area probably like i don't know if i recall maybe the size of a football field and i know that there were some random stages around in the back but the main stages were up front by the door but those first couple of years they had some crazy stuff going on because they had some half pipe set up they had a wrestling ring there was like midget wrestling and all this <laughs> random weird like it was just kind of like you go there and you're like huh this is really weird i think i found some place i fit in <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was just cool. to Like, oh, I'm going to go watch some guys doing, like, Rick Thorne and doing some bike stuff. And, you know, it was really cool to see the skateboarders because like, I never see that stuff because yeah, we don't really, I don't know, we don't really have that around here. Or enough to the point to, like, watch, like, X-Game kind of style t- stuff happening. So that was kind of cool. I never saw, cool. like, they had, like, Oh, I think they're having, at the 25th anniversary, they're having, like, the guy shoot, getting shot out of a cannon, which I'm like, if I if I go to it, I'm going to definitely try to see that, because I've never seen that before. They had,
1: they had that, or like, one year, didn't they? Wasn't that a thing? I remember seeing it that. Probably. On the, it
0: sounds familiar. Or
1: design or something.
0: It, it sounds familiar, but I never... Yeah, I was never... Because I stopped going after 2009. That was, like, my last one.
1: Yeah, when, when they moved to the outside of Pittsburgh, Burgettstown... They didn't see them. I, I don't know if it was just because of the, you know, the change up of how they were running Warp, but they really didn't have a lot of that oddball stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of music and merch tables and food vendors and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I wonder if it was just like certain, certain BMXers and skaters were only available on certain dates, just like the bands were, I guess. Yeah. Like doing some stints, I guess. Um, now, what were some, do you remember any, like, like memorable band performances over the years from Warped Tour?
1: Yeah, uh, uh, definitely. Every time it seemed like Less Than Jake played, there was some craziness going on. Oh, yeah. yep. Uh, nice. they, had, they had a big-ass circle pit that was probably like 30 yards wide that it seriously started going up the hill because more people kept joining in on it. <laughs> it started out in the middle like a normal circle pit, and they're just like, just make it expansive. So it just grew so long and it just felt like you were walking track because there were so many people and it was so far <laughs> expanded and suicide machines was another good one. And this was something they did like Braveheart style. One of those mosh pit yeah. things where they're just like everyone on one side, everyone on the other side charge.
0: Yeah. That was the thing back in the early two thousands. Yeah. They would do that.
1: But definitely music wise, uh, Probably getting to see the Long Beach Dub All Stars because that was the closest I've seen to Sublime, and I always I was a big Sublime oh, fan, okay. so that was pretty cool to see them. Seeing Save Ferris, that was the first time I ever seen them, and the first time i seen them since, you know, probably three years ago. Yeah. They never like they broke up and were kind of split up and stuff. They were always one of my favorites, so they were really good. Green Day playing on the Warp Tour was always pretty cool because they just played a totally different set than, you know, and that was. Early 2000s, so they were just kind of like warning area. They didn't get to American Idiot, where they were more
0: arena yeah. rock sound. But I was anti Green, Green Day, Day, Day back then, but I, I, I like them now. But yeah, back then I was just like.
1: Guar it- <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, a couple years ago, was one of the headliners of Warp Tour, so that was pretty awesome. Like Guar on the Warp Tour, yeah, and they they set it up so, like I said, they were one of the last bands, and I think that it was good because everyone at warp tour showed up to see guar <laughs> like it just the people were closing down their merch tents and going to watch guar like it was like a ghost town because guar was playing and then that was it everyone went back to their tents and the <laughs> show was over
0: didn't they have some controversy i think i don't i don't know if they like said something with guar um,
1: that was there was something going on with another band i don't remember what I know, Dickies, what, I know that said something them. i don't know if i don't know if it was them
0: I mean, it's Guar. I mean, it bound to offend somebody.
1: Yeah. You, you have to know what you're going into when Guar's there. So, what do you expect? But
0: I guess there was a lot of controversy. I guess with stuff going on in Warp Tour, so I'm guess that's I'm I'm pretty sure Kevin Lyman's kind of glad that it's over. <laughs> yeah. In a way, because um,
1: there was, there was some other band that had issues. That was I don't remember what band they were arguing with, but you know, I'm sure they're backstage there was all sorts of shit that was happening with those bands, and the logistics of it would have just been a nightmare trying to all of those people in a convoy and then setting up and sharing stage time
0: yeah I liked watching like the Warped Roadies like show that was on Fuse because it kind of gave you a good insight of what was happening even though some of it seemed staged a little bit Um, but uh, yeah that was it was like two seasons of that that I had actually actually and really enjoyed Um, but I remember yeah I remember Eminem I guess in Dropkick Murphys getting into a fight and I don't know if I was at that one um, but I was at one of the one of the ones close to the date that I was at, and where it was like I guess Eminem was being Eminem and Dropkick Murphys were <laughs> being Dropkick Murphys. Yeah, and I guess, <laughs> like uh, I said,
1: egos and lifestyles yeah. collide.
0: <laughs> well, I don't. I I, was it, did Eminem just leave that tour? I think after a while, because I think I, everyone just fucking hated him. I think.
1: I don't remember that, I, and that's one of the things I did like about work tours that. There were like even though you had oh, all the,
0: you know who it was. I think it was Kid Rock.
1: Maybe it was him. I don't remember Eminem.
0: It was one of the It was one of those one of those guys where I think they like left the tour because they just like had enough.
1: <laughs> well, I just seen it was Twisted. Twisted played a couple years ago, and I'm not a fan of that. Like I like some of ICP stuff back in the day, and they're huh. similar in vain, but. You know they were there, and it was something. I'm like, well, they're here. I might as well go check them out. I've never seen them before, and they weren't bad. But it's just like you would get some of those variety, like Helmet played one year. Yeah. so that Helmet don't really fit that bill. But you know, then you I had to I think they played watch. the first
0: year, actually. I don't know if they played the first. Maybe they played the first year. I don't know.
1: I know like I early think on. It was, yeah, it was probably like 2007 or eight or something oh, okay. like that, if I recall. Because the Living End played right after them, so it was pretty cool. Just Living End, and then you know Helmet.
0: And I was looking at my reviews to it, and, uh, and I'm like, oh, how I this is before I I liked No Effects, so I was like, so it's the first half of my reviews were just like I can't stand No Effects, and I'm like, oh, they're so fucking whiny and fat mics, and then towards the end I'm like, oh, they're great. Uh, yeah,
1: I kind of I flip flopped <laughs> on that. I used to really like them, and now I'm just they're not not too exciting for me. I guess it's because they sobered up, not as interesting. Oh
0: well, yeah, well I don't know about it. interesting. It's definitely uh, they're still. Making headlines, but but uh, other bands that I've like loved seeing that I only saw at Warped Tour were like Rancid, like I never saw them really in the clubs, and the Vandals, and at the time, Bad Religion. Uh, oh. F- it was great seeing Flog and Molly. Uh, like those were the first times I like saw Flog and Molly, and even like kind of like Dropkick Murphys too. Like that's where that you, you and you can also see like the popularity of some of these bands, which is like how big the crowds would be. And then, like seeing Katy Perry there too—that one year in two thousand eight, I think two thousand seven, when she was there. It's like this is like, like Andrew
1: what? WK. He was there a couple years ago. That was pretty cool. And yeah, he's Even playing it. this year too. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of like become a staple of Warped Tour, and you would never expect him to kind of join up with that.
0: Yeah, it just was like. And then he would have some rap, rap groups. I remember the Fujis were on it one year. I was like, yeah, this is not. <laughs> but then they had Drastic <laughs> Five, which I never knew. And I end up like loving them, like, and I'm good buying their albums. Right, Warped Tour, like, like one of the few hip hops that I actually, uh, groups that I actually I like the, at Warped Tour.
1: If I recall, I think it was them playing 2000. I remember them. I remember. I think it was Jurassic Five that I seen then because I was just like, oh, that's kind of cool. There's a pretty good hip hop rap band playing. Yeah, and with the two DJs
0: they're, and yeah, they actually was they were actually singing and not like syncing and doing some other shit.
1: Yeah. they had live
0: musicians playing behind them. Yeah, so I was like it's, that was like they're one of the rare like rap groups that I like that they they had on. Then they had they I I at least I can from from memory. I, I think the only reggae band they had was Morgan Heritage. So I'm like, I never really knew them. And then they played, and I'm like, wow, well, these guys are really good. I don't know why reggae bands were never a part of Warped Tour. I mean, they have ska and punk. You you'd think they would have some more reggae bands? I guess. I guess it was
1: it was there. It wasn't as popular as it's kind of become now. There's yeah. been a renaissance in reggae, and you know the the, the white reg- boy reggae stuff too. Yeah. That's been opening up for that you know, people to get back into that stuff. Like you said, steel pulse, Morgan heritage. Yeah. You know, the heptones and all that people were getting back into it.
0: Yeah. Now the reggae rock stuff. Yeah. So it's like dirty heads. I mean, they dirty heads are playing this year, but I guess if war tour was happening another year, like, yeah, those bands would be playing on it more often. I think Yeah. it just seems like the, the type of crowd, but then it's like, it, it's, I don't know. Some of the choices of the bands that they picked, I was like, why it's, that some of them were just so questionable of why they were invited on, but I don't know. It was like a good mix of uh, a lot of good bands and stuff. Sometimes there was just really bad bands playing. <laughs> I liked,
1: I liked going too because there were there are many bands that I discovered because of Warp Tour. Yeah, like Pepper, the Planet Smashers. Like I would just go and I would try and like hover towards any of the punk, the punk and the ska stuff. Like I, I just. There sometimes were only a couple on tour, so you'd be uh, like, all right, I'm going to go see. I know I'm going to go see Real Big Fish, but who the hell are the Planet Smashers? I'm going to go check them out. The Planet Smashers never played.
0: Like, they, never, they never played at my date. I don't know. Maybe they played Pittsburgh and like other ones, but they never played yeah, for us. They,
1: they played because me and my friend were watching, um, I think it was Five Iron Frenzy, mm. and then Pepper played. And It was Five Iron Frenzy, and then Mustard Plug, and Pepper played. and Then we were going to go check out, I think Dropkick Murphys were playing on the, the back side. And we were heading over there, and then Planet Smashers come on, and I didn't know that they were playing already because I didn't look at the schedule. And they jump right in and, like, pee in the elevator. I'm like, <laughs> all right, I'm staying for this.
0: The song <laughs> that they don't like to play.
1: Yeah. This, is, this is different. I'm going to check this out.
0: Yeah, it was like, Flog and Molly were like, that. that's that's right when I first got into them, and then seeing them live for the first time at Warp Tour, I was like, wow, it, like, blew my mind seeing like that band bouncing souls i saw the specials on there when it was like neville and horace i think and roddy i think that was about the extent of the original members um during the the
1: 98 lineup the guilty tour till yeah guilty
0: yeah yeah that's the one i was trying to think of um did you ever see me first in the gimme gimme's at the warp tour
1: Oh yeah, they were there all the
0: time. They were always a highlight because they had the bar on the stage and then people <laughs> were just buying drinks as they're playing. It's just something they
1: did like a, a tiki bar. I remember yeah. the one here, they were all in their Hawaiian t shirts.
0: It was just something I think that's I, I think that's when I started like softening up a little bit to fat Mike a little bit, seeing him in that band. I was like, All right, you know, it's sometimes that his voice irritates me, sometimes it's good, but, <laughs> but uh,
1: it was it was cool too because where else would you be able to go and see? And you think of the punk bands that would all play in a row, like No Effects, Bad Religion, Pennywise, yeah. Dropkick Murphys, like those elder statesmen of punk. Like you have all those bands playing the same day for like a twenty dollar ticket. Like it's just crazy because they don't tour like that. Like the Vandals.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah, like the Vandals get. never come over here. So the only time they I saw them was when they played a Warp Tour. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like yep. Warren would climb up on the stacks and then like start mooning everybody or having like his shorts and like He'd hike him them up. A, <laughs> yeah hike them up into a wedgie and like so I have like sadly I have photos of that it's like uh, things I don't want to document but I'm like I have to but
1: <laughs> I remember too another funny thing was the one year that Chris Rhodes who played plays in the Boston yeah. now but you know Spring Hill Jack and all that he was like a, a guest star in every ska band that played there. Because he just came out, he played with the Boston. He came out, higher. played with no. He played with no effects, and he was playing with less than Jake. I think he played with um, real big fish just for the hell of it. Yeah, <laughs> like he was just they like, hey, let's get Chris Rhodes to come play on every saw every Scott set ever.
0: Well, that seems like what the Spring Hill Jack guys are still doing. Like I think uh, Jr. still like he'll play with the Boston's now because Chris plays with Bostones and then it's like they kind of it's like it always seems like certain those like when they need them it's like those hired guns they didn't need.
1: yeah just fill in fillers horns.
0: and like real big fish yeah horns do that for like interrupters and other bands and stuff like that too Um it was
1: cool cool seeing him with uh oh suicide machines too he played horns with the suicide machines right but, um like him playing with no effects because you never like when i've seen no effects on the other occasions other than lfa playing the horn yeah. playing trumpet or whatever like they never really had anyone playing that so now they have two full guys kind of playing horns and it was just different and they started playing more ska back then
0: oh you saw no effects when they actually played songs because most of the times when I saw my Warp Tour they were just doing their banter for the entire <laughs> half hour I'm like what
1: <laughs> no, they they played do uh, you figure what's the average no effects song like a minute and a half so I think
0: they you would, maybe, yeah, play like four songs and it would talk yeah. to us and make jokes
1: I've seen them outside of Warp Tour they played the whole entirety of the Decline EP.
0: Yeah, they've so, done that a few times. Yeah.
1: So it's just like, all right, wow! No Effects played twenty-five minutes of straight song. What the hell? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, was there any? Did you were you backstage at all? Did you? Have, no. no, you never went backstage. No. So yeah, I would. St- I would
1: hang out with the, me and my friends. Would kind of hang out with the band. Some of the bands like Tsunami Bomb. H&M, we'd hang out a little bit at their table and they are probably like, what are these kids doing? Get the hell away, don't you have music yeah. to listen to? But they were never really like that to us. Um, there was a local band called the Space Pimps. We knew one of the guys in there, so he'd kind of like introduce us to people that he met through there, through playing. But, you know, never really backstage or have any of the access like that other than when I eventually got press passes 20 years later.
0: Yeah, well, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, that was a nice luxury of having that because it was just, like, getting from stage to stage. And then I would occasionally see some, like, celebrities or, like, oh, there's Max Weinberg. I'm like, why is Max Weinberg here? (laughs) (laughs) But it was, I don't know. And then, like, John Norris from MTV or whatever his name is. I saw, like, Henry Rollins walking with barefoot and doing, like, working out, like, the weights. And it was, like, kind of, like, stupid stuff like that. But mostly I, like, I went backstage just to go, Find a tree and go hide under, like for the shade or something. Yeah. Um, yeah
1: they one, had some of those, uh, like the cool down tents and stuff, where they'd set up the water that you just like go yeah, run that through was the, nice.
0: water the mist bread. tents. Yeah, tents.
1: They did. I think the monster tent where they'd give you free monster energy drink or something like that. So they they started doing that later on towards the end, yeah. but it's just like
0: when it I was very very sponsored. Drink.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was whatever sponsor was you know
0: getting their name attached
1: to the trailers.
0: And it's like, yeah, it's like I get it. Like, I, I, you know, you got you have to have the tour running still. So it's like they needed they get a ton of sponsors. Yeah. But at the time, it's like, f- fuck off. I don't know. It was like it kind of ruined it. Kind of ruined it a little bit when it kept getting really, really corporate. And then, but I don't know. Um, that's that's
1: what bands you started seeing the bands that were popular on the radio. That's what was
0: yeah. You know, and it kind of this
1: is going to be a draw, and that's not what work tour was about. Work tour was about the underground indie music and. Whether it was punk or ska or, you know, hip hop or,
0: yeah, metal. He's he's trying to sell tickets, so like, he would always have like the, the hit of the year, like Katy Perry or like Gym Class Heroes got big, and yeah, and then like Eminem, like. And the like things like that. They would always have the one band. I was like, what is this band doing on this door? And you always hear like, oh, Pennywise or something, or like Fletcher or somebody getting in a fight with somebody from one of the popular bands. Or like... (laughs) (laughs) There was a good documentary about Warped Tour. I don't know if it was... It was like on Fuse or MTV where it was all like everyone telling stories. So I was like, that's where it's like... There was like some story with like a porta potty and like people getting tipping that and I yeah. I wish I could find that. I don't know. I, I, I
1: think you're right. If it was if the road uh, the roadie one wasn't on Fuse, I think it was the one that was on Fuse because it was just like the traveling. Yeah,
0: Warped it was all about tour. the roadies, but it was like this one was actually like they were interviewing all the bands, and I think it might have been on MTV when they, you know, had music related things on it. Um. <laughs> one
1: of the things too that I like with Warp Tour is. Early years when I started going, you know, it was still five years old. But the the compilation CDs were another way that right. if they would release them, release them early enough, and then you started hearing bands on there. That you're like, oh, I want to check them out. This is pretty good. But then sometimes it'd be a two disc CD, and only like half of the bands were even on work
0: tour. Yeah, it's like why is this band on this comp and not not? They're not playing at all. Oh, they're playing one day in California somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I mean, so what? Are, so what? What are some other things that you've that you'll miss from the warp Tour?
1: I miss being able to see, like I said, so many bands that I wouldn't have been able to see. But then, some of the weird setups for the stages that you'd be walking around, and I seriously, I seen the Groovy Goalies. They were playing beside a beer tent <laughs> on the sidewalk, and I was standing like a foot away from their microphone, like. Okay, I'm just staring him in the face, but here's the groovy goalies playing. This is awesome. And then Kepi was selling his art, like, right there. Like, oh, cool, you can get some Kepi art right beside the they – didn't, they didn't have a stage. They just – they were, like, busking, busking or something just yeah, set yeah. up. and that, that was pretty cool. I'll probably miss the times going with my friends. They'd actually like to go and see the same type of music because there were quite a few times that I went with some friends, and they're just like, okay, well, what do you want to see, and then what do I want to see? this doesn't match up. Okay. See you later. Yeah. Uh, we shouldn't have probably even came together.
0: It was good bonding with friends of bitching about traffic and, and whatever lineup it was or the heat and the dirt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, yeah. yeah, that's
0: one thing I won't forget is, is at Randall's Island, there was, there was the dirt, and it, we would always call it the dust ball. And we would have brown boogers for days. <laughs> it, was, it was like, and as soon as a mosh pit would would start up, you would just see this big tornado of dust, and you wouldn't be able to see the stage if you were in the back. So you had to like go up front to go see it. Um, but I'm like, I'll miss like the summer camp feel to it. Always like, it would be, you know, Warped Tour War was coming, you know, and you would go to it and. Even if you didn't like the lineup, you would be like, all right, I'll go. You know, it's like something to do.
1: (laughs) It was definitely, it was something to look forward to every year. And uh, I'll miss keeping track of what bands are coming because they would start announcing the dates. And you see that, okay, cool, Real Big Fish is playing the dates that are Pittsburgh. Or, you know, oh, shit, I wish Weezer was playing in Pittsburgh, but they're not. So you're kind of watching, you used to be watching the, God, where would it even be? Like Punk News or something would... You know, in Read Junk we'd start you'd start posting up when yeah. you'd get the press releases and just kind of anticipating who would be be playing and you'd have years where it was just excitement and then you'd have other years where you're thinking, Oh well, I don't know if I should go. There's a couple of bands, but tickets were still like twenty bucks, fifteen bucks, so I might as yeah. well go. I lived in Pittsburgh, so when I think weren't
0: they thirty dollars? Maybe, maybe in New York City there were $30. I don't know. I feel like there were $30, which is still a decent price for that many bands for the day. Yeah, I,
1: remember, I know that the first couple of years, that, and I don't know if it might have been because they... Well, if they did a student discount, I probably would have used that because you'd get a like student rush or something that they had around our area for college kids. So if yeah. you had a college ID, you'd get a discount. And then uh, I don't remember... When they started getting up to like 25 30 bucks is when I was just like, all right, well, they, they still charge for parking, which they did in the last couple of years. But they charge $15, $20 for parking, and then you're driving like an hour and a half yeah. waiting in traffic, you know, the gas money. And it's like I'm not – it's not worth it for me for, you know, 100 bucks to go see five bands that I wanted to see.
0: Yeah, that's when it started like – the, the negatives started overweighing the, the the positives of going. So it's like, that's why I stopped in 2009. Maybe I was just getting old. I'm like, all right, I don't want to do this anymore. As for, I'm like, I'll still, I, I'd rather see the bands that I want to see in clubs that are play headlines mm-hmm. or longer than just a half hour. Um, But I'm like, at the same time, I will, I'm, I'm going to miss like seeing new bands that I never knew uh, existed. Like it, the second year that I went, I think in 1997 at, it was Asbury Park, and I think Hepcat was supposed to play, but then they didn't. So they ended up having Mad Caddies open up everything. So that's like the first time we knew Mad Caddies, and like I like loved them. And then started like we were all dancing and like dancing in a little tiny circle pit in the back because no one yeah. else was no one else is dancing. And then we got then we got a, their debut album. So that was like, like kind of like an eye opener to knowing some of these bands from the from the get go, thanks to Warp Tour.
1: Yeah, like you said too, some of the things that you're mingling with members of the band. I remember the yeah. Planet Smashers were playing and they were just playing on the one of the side stages. It wasn't even a side stage, it was just like here's a stage on a hill. <laughs> and you know, you're sitting there, you're watching the Planet Smashers, you're enjoying it, and then you look over and it's like, Oh, Dickie Barrett's checking out the Planet Smashers too. That's cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you
1: know, big fish would always the guys from they'd always be seen out and about doing stuff and, you know, hanging out at their booth, signing until everyone in line left so it was pretty cool
0: yeah and then towards the end they kind of made it like a scheduled signing instead of just bands yeah. just hanging out at their tents you know they kind of like some bands would just stay there the whole time and be actually selling the merch and other times it would be like oh come meet anti-flag at like <laughs> whatever time
1: <laughs> and there'd be a big line of like 700 people and yeah. it's like yeah, i want to just Go check out five other bands by the time I could get it, something signed by Anti Flag.
0: And then I think well, I like that they did like the Dad Tents or like the Parent Tents. So I think my dad did that one year, like he because he would. He, I think he stopped going like early two thousands, but uh, yeah, like he would go to like to hang out at the Dad Tent. And I don't know I don't know exactly what was happening there because I was too busy <laughs> doing other stuff. But they were probably like they're
1: they playing Law and Order and they provided free newspapers.
0: <laughs> Ooh, matlock's on! <laughs> oh,
1: matlock,
0: hell yeah! <laughs> I remember, I remember uh, the first time I registered to vote was at it was at the punk voter booth. I, I, it was 2004. I'm like, finally had enough of of I was kind of like, all right, it probably doesn't mean anything, but I'm still going to register. <laughs> so I was like, I, that's for the, the. It's funny that the Warped Tour is a place that I f- registered to vote for the first time.
1: <laughs> you were it's, you were rocking against Bush.
0: Yeah, and that that didn't happen. No. <laughs> do you do you remember any like band performances that were just so bad, or like any moments where it's like, ooh, that was like, I because I remember like seeing the U.S. bombs and Dwayne Peters was so hammered or whatever, and he ended up falling off the stage. It was just so awkward to see.
1: <laughs> Jeez uh, with that? I don't I have to think on that. I don't remember. I don't really remember anything. Crazy like that though yeah. uh, I, I kind of remember I can't remember what band it was I think it was Suicide Machines and then there was some other like Screamo band that was playing and I, I remember that the Suicide Machines ran over the set a little bit and then the, the band got the other band that come up Started talking shit on like oh, oh. there's fucking ska punk band or some shit like that and like everyone that was there to see them that slid over from the suicide machines were just like fuck you fuck you and they all left so there was like half the amount of people there to see that band because of it
0: that that was always I think that happened about every Warped tour because it was always someone would go over and then and like or the bands are still playing and I remember I think it was like Jay from Bad Religion was like this like strumming his guitar really loud and kept making it or his bass kept getting like really loud and they kept like in- increasing the volume and then this like talking into the microphone talking shit that was like kind of the because i would do i would i would take pictures of the one stage do the three songs and then i would go over to the other stage and wait and listen and watch the band from that other stage so i have a spot i used to be able to do that until they started like yelling at me that i couldn't be in there um like like that early so i would kind of like watch the other bands like watch it like talking shit with the other bands i was there so it was that was kind of fun um getting into i guess photography wise i'm like that was the fr- that kind of war tour was kind of what made me into a concert photographer because i used to just would that i would have like I th- i think i started out with a point and shoot or my film camera there and then it just kind of helped me become a good photographer, I guess, because you had to be, you had to worry about the crowd surfers, the bouncers, you had to worry about the bands going super fast, like AFI were like impossible to photograph. It's like, stand still for two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> like back then I had like such a slow camera and lens that it was just like, if like Davy moved, I'm like, fuck.
1: It was all motion blur. It's all yeah. it was all the time. But I don't
0: know. know. It's I, I captured a lot of stuff. Um, well, I mentioned I mentioned getting hit with Snapple bottles all the time on my camera, but one time I was there was a girl standing right next to me, and and she was she had her head down, she was looking at her camera or something like that, and a bouncer was catching a catching a uh, crowd surfer and he bumped into her and her head went right into the stage she was like huge gash on her head bleeding so I was like this close of getting like the same thing and I'm like <laughs> man it's like you kind of have to learn to have like eyes behind your head at the work oh, So yeah. and- I
1: remember watching a lot of the a lot of the bands you would just be facing the other way and listening to the band because it, w- it would just be a constant stream of crowd yeah. surfers. And that's what I had more issues with just assholes in the crowd. Like I remember this one dude that he just kept trying to push up to get to the front and you couldn't move. There was like, yeah. we were probably 20 feet away from the stage and you couldn't move. And he's just like pushing people. And, and he just like, I don't know. He just was an asshole and tried to jump up and climb up on people. And then people just dropped them on the <laughs> ground.
0: And I uh, did this that one. I did that one. in nineteen ninety seven for the second warp tour. That was actually the only time I've ever crowd surfed because I think I was like third person from from the barricade and real big fish were on, but I'm like I was getting claustrophobic. I'm like, all right, get me the fuck out of here. And so I ended up having There's everyone just kinda of picking me up and like and then like going into the bouncer's arms, like feeling like a like, Thank you, Mr. Big Man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I remember me and my friend when we went, we were right beside each other, and we're both pretty tall, big guys. Yeah. And there was this one asshole crowd surfer, and he just kept coming through our way. It was like six times he kept coming through us. Well, he landed right behind us. And me. And I looked at my friend. He looked at me. are like, you know what? Let's fucking launch this fucker. So we ducked <laughs> down. We, we got a good squat and counted the three and shot this guy up like six feet in the air above us. <laughs> he was like a, a you know skinny kid, five foot four. He just went, boom. Didn't see him the rest of the day.
0: Like a Captain America and a Thor when they like do their <laughs> yeah. shield and the hammer.
1: <laughs> it, it was a fusion power. Yes.
0: Um, I'm trying to think. Did you ever experience uh, any thunderstorms at Warped Tour? War?
1: Honestly, the only time it only ever happened once, and you know, I yeah, probably went to what a dozen. Only ever happened once, yeah, too, and it man. was perfect timing because middle of the day, you're there in the crowd. Running back and forth, and then it was before one of the bands come on. Right when they were switching, and it was a downpour for about a minute. And it was just like, "Hey, everybody, you're gonna get cooled off." And then it didn't get humid at all, and it was perfect. It was just like, "Here you go."
0: And they shower Show out a little
1: bit. <laughs> yeah, we were all just like, "Oh, this feels so good." But it sprinkled, I think, um, two or three years ago, for maybe half an hour, oh. and then the sun came out. And there was no more rain, but you know, knock on wood. Never had the delays, never had to deal with any rain like that in all the years that I went to and I was pretty lucky.
0: Yeah, I was lucky too. Only one time. And I was at, um, I think it was the last time when it was the Agri-Lights were playing in the amphitheater in Scranton. And all of a sudden, like, they they postponed everything. Like, they cut they cut through AgroLite set and then... So all the electricity was turned off. So then the drummers of the two stages were kind of just like doing like a drum off and then all the kids just swarmed the amphitheater as it was like a torrential downpour for like a half hour, all the kids are doing mudslides down the hill, <laughs> and then I see stupid kids getting their water bottles and going up to the the railing of the amphitheater of the roof, and we're trying to and we're drinking the water from that. I'm oh, like, it's got to be like bird shit and all this kind yeah. of stuff on it. <laughs> I guess
1: and if like, you're thirsty,
0: whatever. Yeah, it's like drinking like just mud water, I guess. But I was like, oh, idiots. Thankfully, that was only like the one time, and of course, it starts happening to me i went to two outdoor shows today uh this year were the only shows i went to and of course they're both like had rain in it yeah the irate i went to I see Iration in asbury park that had like a kind of like a misty rain kind of throughout the whole time so it wasn't too bad but then i saw rancid and they only played three songs because it was huge thunder and lightning and they had to cancel the yeah. show so i was like if i go to war tour next weekend down in Atlantic City, it's I'm like if I see rain in the forecast, I'm just gonna fucking stay home because it's like it's it's like three for three. I I don't know. Yeah. Because I'm only gonna and that's I guess we could talk about the, the Warped Tour 25. So they're doing two days or two days as uh in Atlantic City, and then I don't know why they're doing this, but they're they're not announcing the days of like until that Friday like the lineup. So it's like I don't know what line. Cause I, I was, I was thinking of going both days and buying a hotel, but it's like $400 a night at least for like the cheapest hotel for Atlantic yeah. city. I'm like, I'm not paying that for like something that I'm doing for free and not getting, I mean, I got some money for war tour for letting them use my photos on social media and stuff like that, but it's still, it's not enough to, to pay for a hotel. Yeah. And, um, but so I'm kind of like I'm kind of like up in the air whether or not I should even go because it's like two two hours and like fifteen minutes with no traffic, and then and then I'm, I'm probably gonna come do that all day and then do that drive back home. I'm like, oh, I better be drinking some coffee or something, which I never <laughs> drink. I never drink. Maybe I mean, I'll drink a cappuccino maybe like once a month, but yeah. So I'm like I'm kind of like debating whether or not to go. I mean, it's a great lineup as far as like there's a lot of. Great bands playing, real big fish, Lush and Jake, Bad Religion, safe Ferris, Aquabats, Scatolites, which I've never seen. Scatterlights, even though it's like a yeah, none of the original never members on there
1: been. before either. I don't, I don't believe they were ever on the tour before, were they?
0: Scatolites? No, yeah. no, I don't think so. Unless it was, <laughs> unless they played out in Cali, because yeah. Cali always, Cali would always get the best, I guess the best lineups to me. And I'm sure if you people, if you ask people in California, they're probably saying like, oh, New York always got the best one. But, um, yeah, so uh, we'll see. I, I, that's Pittsburgh, next
1: just got, Pittsburgh just got the leftovers, pretty much.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and that's, we like I, the, I felt that way sometimes with New Jersey and New York and Pennsylvania. It's like, oh, this band's not playing, but they're playing in Long Island. But I'm like, I don't want to drive to Long Island. And
1: yeah, most of them would end up playing in Philly, and they'd just stay on the east side of the state and go play Jersey and Atlantic City and all that. But
0: Yeah. but you know, I, I
1: can't complain. I, I got to see, for the most part, most of the bands that, you know, who's who of pumpkin Scott from that era. Tour.
0: Yeah. And that's why I kind of, I kind of, I feel like I go one more time and go at least cover at least one day. Um, just I, but and then I was like reading all the reviews today I'm like oh man I'm like I, do I really want to go put myself through this again of like waiting in line for the photo passes oh and then the fo- then you got to wait an hour for the photo passes when they don't show up and oh we got to print out the photo pass so it's like <laughs> so I'm like do I, I, think I really
1: they want have to get together by now
0: I, I hope I mean <laughs> um I think,
1: I think the closest to me that that tour is coming is either Cleveland or Atlantic City and they're you know yeah, know, maybe how, they do Philly, but that's still no. It's just Atlantic City,
0: lovely. Atlantic City, and then California. That's it. That's how they're just doing. So I wonder if you, if they're going to be doing this every year or they're just doing this for the 25th anniversary.
1: Yeah, because I thought that they were pretty much done with it as a traveling festival, and yeah. you know they might just do local or uh, specific areas like the big the big hotspots, New York city or, you know, yeah, but
0: I don't know why Atlantic city, it's like two and a half hours away from New York city. So I like, I don't know why, I mean, that's probably where they can get to do it right on the beach or something. But
1: well, again, you said it might have something to do with like the exclusivity clause of a lot of stuff. Like yeah. a lot of games are playing New York city now on their own and
0: getting permits to do that. And yeah, so um, I don't know. We'll see. T- so, I mean, did we go over things that we won't miss about warp tour? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much the whole time. The but whole yeah, time. Half hour we're sets. Not
1: miss, we're not gonna miss the
0: Bands know, I don't the, wanna see shitty again. Bands. Yeah.
1: Shitty bands is the, the main thing. I won't miss that. It's I won't like, miss Oh,
0: this one band I d I don't, I don't there's only one band I want to see and they're playing last. It's like no <laughs> they're stay Yeah,
1: and you don't know the schedule for most of the band, like you don't know the schedule till you get there. So yeah. you know, right, you had to show it up down. and and then it's like here's a band at noon, here's one at two, here's one at four Here's one at nine. It's like, oh geez, do I really want to stay five hours and do nothing? No nope. pit in the road.
0: Yeah, I mean looking looking back at it though, it's like as much as all the bitching that I've done in all my reviews and talking about it, it's still something that I always used to look forward to and well for the first 10-15 years of it. Yeah. And then, easily. and then it kind of just yeah, afterwards. But it was always something like, oh, the warp tours this year. And then once once warp tour happened, it's like, oh, summer's almost over, kind of kind of feeling and then it's back to school and or college or whatever. Yeah. But it was it was a great it was a great festival that, you know, it, that brought your friends out to shows. that like maybe they only went to one show a year, but it was warp tour, so they would go to that. So it was kind of cool. And then seeing all the bands you never saw. and So it was kind of like a nice nice thing for that. But some things I just won't miss.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I definitely won't miss trying to park in in the stupid setup that they have for their parking lot there now. Like drive halfway across the the venue into the two-lane path into the back parking lot in the woods. And you're waiting in traffic for an hour just to get in. Yeah. Or off get you get out if the road
0: or get out if you have to uh leave at the, all at the same time. I would I would always like see the first couple songs for the headliner if the, like the last person that was playing and didn't leave cuz I was by that point you're just sitting in the sun for like 8 hours and it's like no yeah. man, I'm done.
1: Yeah, you have heat, a little bit of heat stroke and stuff like that.
0: I would always get the best sleep though after a war tour. It was just like I would go home as soon as I can get home like eight o'clock or nine o'clock. And I think I would wake up like 10 o'clock in the morning the next day. Like, wait, what day is it? <laughs> but all right. Um, warp tour aside. How's, how's your summer starting to go? This up everything going good.
1: Yeah, yeah. Busy. Got some shows coming up. I'll be going to do a review of a band coming up this weekend for the site. Jimmy's chicken shack.
0: Oh yeah. Those guys. Yeah.
1: They're playing locally, so got that lined up. And then Slightly Stupid coming up next week. Uh, you know, Boston in August, that's about all I have lined up for now.
0: Oh, yeah, so you're not going to go see Radix Fest?
1: No, uh, <laughs> I had a bunch of people that were supposed to be going with me for that, splitting the cost on a bunch of stuff. And no yeah. one confirmed, and everyone backed out then. And
0: Yeah, I'm in, I'm in promoting hell of it now because now it's like we got to through the last month to push it to start selling some tickets and stuff like that so I'm trying to get on with that and so July 19th Gramercy Theater, go see Radix Fest, Pilfers, Mephiscopheles Springle Jack, <laughs> Hub City, Saran Scagnetti, and Root Boy George I'm, I'm forgetting somebody, I don't know <laughs> I think
1: that's it, I think you're right
0: And then you're gonna be covering you're gonna be covering Comic Con since I'm most likely not going to unless I do the one Sunday.
1: Yeah, I'll be there uh, most likely Thursday and Friday from the looks of it again. So, same old ordeal.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of bummed not going to it because it was something I finally like started going to it. Now it's like I gotta go to Comic Con. It's like seeing. I'm curious to see what kind of panels and stuff they would have though, but.
1: yeah, it was last year. It was kind of weird because they didn't start promoting it. It seemed till later and didn't start getting a lot of the, the stuff set up till, you know, about a month before the show with yeah. a lot of the, did I cover a lot of the DC Warner Brothers stuff and kind of wondering about that this year because they've been slacking on providing things that they promised that they're going to send out. So I haven't been getting stuff from them too much.
0: Well, they're not they're not going to be at San Diego, so I'm wondering if they're going to have a presence in New York now too. But maybe that's because people kept like leaking the footage from all their panels at Hall H. Yeah, and then that's why they're like, yeah, we don't feel like it. And like I don't know, do they even have well, they have the Batman I guess is coming out or going to be starting. Batman doing... Hush. Well I'm sure
1: there'll be something. Usually the DC animated stuff's like once every six months. So they they just did the Turtles Batman one, and then I think right uh august or september i can't remember off the top of my head is the the batman hush animated movie
0: what's your take and on robert know. pattinson as the batman what's that what do you what, what's your take on robert pattinson being the batman
1: hey i people thought probably if i recall michael keaton wasn't going to be a good or batman. heath
0: ledger as the joker yeah so i'm yeah. like give it a chance
1: you gotta give him a chance yeah. i won't know it until i see it like I, I despise Ben Affleck, but I think that he was one of the best Batman that I've seen on film.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I was, Christ, was Christian Bell Christian Bale is right? my favorite. I think. I mean, you don't really care. I don't, you didn't care for those movies, right?
1: I didn't like the whole ground Batman in reality stuff. I know he is, but he isn't. He's a comic book character, and yeah. you know, I, still I didn't like. It, like uh, I didn't like Christian Bale at all with his like duck voice for Batman.
0: Where is she? <laughs> <laughs>
1: But they did film some of, um, uh, what was the third one? Dark Knight Rises? In Pittsburgh? Yeah. They, I was there at Heinz Field. They were filming the scenes with Bain and uh, a couple of Steelers football players there. Heinz Ward was there. So that was an all-day ordeal, but it was pretty cool to be part of it.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. And I saw, and I was down in, in Wall Street area when they were filming stuff like that because I, was, I think I was taking pictures of like Occupy Wall Street and then... And then I'm like walking down there by the Fed. I'm like seeing Gotham PD cop cars. And then I'm seeing a huge <laughs> fucking brawl. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, okay, okay. I see I see cameras. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, whoa, something's happened at the Fed.
1: Well, you, you had to actually sign up through this site. And I forget my friend linked me to it for, you know, getting to be a part of this. So you signed up at this site and then they contacted you if you were part of the, you know, the audience to come for the filming. And then you would, they would meet you downtown. I think it was over where uh, the old Pittsburgh Penguins arena was at the civic center. They'd meet you there and then they bust you from there. It wasn't too far, but across town over to the the Steeler stadium. And it was just like nonstop buses. And I stayed no and more. Like I kind of had some friends that lived on the other side of Pittsburgh and Mm -hmm. I knew a different way to get into Pittsburgh from the back end So we stayed outside of Pittsburgh on the opposite side of the tunnels and then drove in and I had friends that came from my area driving in to the west to Pittsburgh and they got stuck in traffic for so long. We were seriously over there for probably three hours before their buses arrived. But it was just, it was kind of, we had a little bit of rain and they were shuffling you around to different parts of the stadium so that they could superimpose the rest of the the people in the audience because right. they only had the stadium like like an eighth of the way full. And so, then they would set you up with all these different scenarios and they would have we were we were close to the owl the one time and they had some of Bain's cronies come down the owl and point guns at you and stuff, and they told you <laughs> now you, you just act like you're part of this terrorist act and you're scared of these guys and like don't do something ridiculous but
0: were they making you guys chant something
1: yeah they were i forget the, it was whatever the gotham team was the gotham city knights i think i think they were chanting that Oh,
0: okay and it, it wasn't part of it wasn't part of the song that was in hans zimmer's score like like whatever that 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 one song is i don't know whether or not they used used you guys like that or no i don't know Maybe just, Hans Zimmer just used something else because, yeah, it seemed like a huge chorus when they were doing that. Yeah.
1: They did uh, – at the very end, it was one of the last things they filmed where they set up a whole big pyrotechnics display underneath the film and they, or underneath the field. And they had um, like the, this fake pieces of prop land that would collapse and stuff. So they, <laughs> they had Heinz Ward from the Steelers, and he would do kickoff returns, and he did probably like 20 of them. And they were just getting different takes of it. And then Tom Hardy came out in the middle of the field. He was talking to the crowd for a little bit before he started doing his part where he was saying about, you know, this is my city now. I'm taking over and all that.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, it's kind of – when before he edited him out, you could actually hear him better on the, the PA system.
0: <laughs> man, seeing, seeing that movie for the first time when he did that voice, man, it really took me out of the movie. I'm like, this is, this is how it is? I'm like, oh. Yeah, it's like,
1: Why? What, yeah. what the hell is he supposed to be, Darth Vader or what?
0: I love the first two movies. That one was like questionable <laughs> stuff and and some of it, but but all right. I think we uh, had a nice little little quick little tangent here of movie stuff, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I got going on in my summer. Some concerts coming up and some random stuff.
0: Yeah, it's. I, too, not too many concerts besides radic fest and then i might try to go see alice cooper in august but probably won't i'm just like so i i've never seen him he's a bucket list you know person to see so yeah only if i can get a pass if not i'm like i'm not i can't go
1: <laughs> oh i totally forgot one that coming up here real big fish and aquabats too july 2nd that's going to be one. Oh the yeah couple.
0: you're lucky and then wasn't there oh the rancid one's coming did, did you mention that one
1: yeah, they just announced that one. Yeah. Uh, I have so much stuff going on around that same time. I have to look into it because I'm going to be covering that Pittsburgh Steel City uh Sky Fest. Oh, right. They're doing Mephiscopheles are playing there. Yeah, and, um,
0: and then Matt from Plantsmasher said they might be trying to get onto that. I don't know if they are or not, but be awesome.
1: I didn't hear that.
0: That well, if you, you listen to the podcast, you would know. That's what he was. That's what he mentioned. <laughs>
1: well, I, I'm friends with the people that run it on Facebook, but I haven't heard anything from them mentioning it. He's Usually, like, oh,
0: well. He was trying to get onto it, but he didn't know if it was too late. It was. Probably, I don't
1: know. I think. I think if they were, if they wanted onto it, I think it would pretty much be like, yeah, come and play. Hell yeah.
0: I know. I could be grilling them like come play New York finally, and I guess it was, yeah, it's like, oh, we'll, we'll be getting there soon. I'm like, all right, it's been about 12, 15 years, something. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: it's been a while for me. I think maybe 10 years they played with Mustard Plug back then. That was the last time I seen them. Yeah. It was around the same time they played the, the Warp Tour the second it's time Sky around this Dead. area.
0: Was it Sky's Dead or something?
1: Oh, yeah, maybe it was. Yeah, I think it was Sky played Dead. The, yeah, because I think it was them mustard plug, maybe the toasters.
0: Like catch twenty two maybe or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was in an old club in Pittsburgh. I think they played. It was called the Rosebud. It's no Rosebud. longer there. The whole strip of the whole strip of clubs that were pretty cool got turned into apartment complexes recently. So yeah, That
0: sounds like New York City. Yep. There's there's only maybe like three or four clubs in Manhattan. All the other clubs are in Brooklyn, which I can't go to now because it's too far away.
1: <laughs> you need to take a two day excursion.
0: Yeah, so it's so like so. Oh, I guess I can start driving to shows again. I'm so used to just taking a train, but but okay. I think this was a fun little chat talking about Wharf Tour and other Definitely. stuff, and yeah. So it's you have a great summer. If I don't talk to you again on podcast i'm sure we'll have other things to talk about at some point maybe we can do a recap of York comic-con um in the fall if i decide to go on sunday if not i can just ask no, questions could, about it
1: <laughs> we could also we could also do one leading up to it if you wanted to talk about you know the past years that we've been going and
0: yeah yeah what, that's
1: what we got set up for coverage
0: yeah that's a good idea um it's a shame that you don't have quality like audio stuff that we can play some of the interview stuff on the podcast yeah but
1: that's not my thing i yeah. guess just here's my phone
0: <laughs> yeah sometimes that's sufficient if you're just doing interviews but for podcasts you need quality mic i guess yeah. <laughs> but all right man it was this is fun um let's do it again sometime all right thanks all
1: for right. having me on the show and all right. bringing up the warp tour goods and bads yeah
0: lots of bads <laughs> but
1: Lots yeah, of some bad, good, some good. Lots stuff. of good music. Lots of bad, other shit. Yeah, <laughs> music.
0: Fuck the corporate America. The corporate
1: tour, two thousand eight. Fuck it.
0: Man, I gotta pay now. ten dollars for a water bottle. <laughs> All right, dude. All right, Brian. All Catch right. You later. Yep. Later. Bye, bye.